You are the solution. We are the future. Radically different. Together and unity above all. This is Revolution Radio. Moving forward from centuries of systemic racism is going to take work and honesty with ourselves and each other. We're going to have to have some long overdue, uncomfortable conversations. Racism is not a black and white issue. It's deeply ingrained in our society in ways you might not even realize. We have to recognize the limits of our own perspective and listen to the people that racism affects on a daily basis. Stories from the front lines of the fight for equality, protest tips, ways you can support the revolution even if you can't make it to the front lines, and music to keep up the morale and inspire unity. Revolution Radio has got you covered. Make no mistake, we have a once in a lifetime chance to bring about true positive change in a world that works for all. The power has and always will be with the people. When the rules do not respect some of us, we do not respect the rules. And now your host, Sig Neutron. Hey everybody, it's your pal Sig Neutron, back with another episode of Revolution Radio. I know in one of the episodes I said Resistance Radio, and it's because I have the that intro saved as Resistance Radio for some reason. Um, <laughs> now I'm thinking of like maybe like Rebel Radio is kind of a cool name too. I don't know, but you know, we're just going for Resistance Radio for now. Um, so today's guest I have with me is Jarrell Tapiro Johnson. Uh, he does many things. He's an actor, rapper, uh, director, producer. Um, and at the end of this episode, I'm going to play one of his tracks uh, afterwards. But again, another powerful discussion, man. And I, by the end of it, I'm just I'm realizing the power of communication. And this is this is what. Uh, this is what we had. Communication is something we should be focused on. I really, truly believe that because a lot of people think that, you know, just talking or even just writing things on social media, you know, doesn't really affect anything. But actually, it, it absolutely is the, the thing that affects everything. So uh, here you go. Enjoy our conversation. So I'm here with Jarrell Pyro Johnson. Jarrell, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. This is a pleasure and an honor. <laughs> so, um, basically, what I'm trying to do is, you know, with the like the hot button issue right now is race and equality, and um, I just it's such a huge issue, and there's so many different aspects to it. And I'm trying to talk to as many people of color as I can, and just ha- like I feel like as a nation, I think part of the problem uh, with race is that we we never really just have like open conversations about it. You know, it's, it's something right. that's, uh, I mean, it's obviously a horrible, uh, stain on history, uh, like a lot of history actually. Um, and I think a lot of people, especially white people, they want to believe like everything is fine and dandy and you know, like everybody is treated equal. So all lives matter. And I'm just going to put on the blinders and, you know, and just like kind of ignore massive systemic issues. Um, right. so if you, and do you want, so I guess the, the best way that I've been doing this is I just like give you the floor. And then if you want to tell me your experience of like growing up and how racism has impacted your life. Uh, well, um, it's, it's really interesting, uh, question. And I'm actually torn, uh, between two sides because, um, true racism does exist, but racism is more hidden on, in the Western part of the, our country 
and this is America for everyone that's not in America, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> on the Western part of America, but it's more prevalent on the, mainly the South, but it's some in the East as well. And maybe not as much in the North. So like the North and the West isn't, isn't as bad as the South and the East. Um, and I was born and raised in California, but I was born and raised in Compton, California. So true enough, we were always had this stigma that we were bad, period. Whoever is from Compton is bad. Like, it doesn't matter, because mainly because of the movies, mainly because of the music that was coming out around that time. It's just been known as the bad place. So anyone from there is bad. So I've, I've had a lot of struggle, mainly, with racism. I would, I would say now, but as when I was younger, I just thought, well, it's because I'm from Compton. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I never ever thought of it that way until, you know, as I get older and I see it. Um, but I mean, all the time, I mean, if I was to say like, you know, driving down the street, if you have a hat on um, and you have more than, say, two uh, blacks in a car, because in Compton, California, maybe back in the, like the 60s, you know, it was more uh, a more different races there. Because if I'm not mistaken, George Bush even lived there, uh, the original George Bush. Mm-hmm. So th- back then it was OK. But as it got a little bit more modern, like in the 70s and the 80s, more black people moved in. So. If you're riding around Compton, you know, with uh, two, hell, even two, let's say two, two black people in the car and you both have hats on, you're automatically going to get like looked at like they're up to something or they're on their way to do something bad. Especially if, you know, the music is loud, um, if the speakers are like loud, you have tinted windows. Um, and then not only that, but in Compton, you're not seeing no like Lambos or BMWs or Mercedes driving unless you see like maybe Dr. Dre or one of the high end um you know, African-American influencers or something driving around. But other than that, it's like, you know what's going on usually. And usually it was, honestly, to be totally honest. Usually it was, but there were some that wasn't. So I've always been dealt with, like, you know, getting pulled over and, like, handcuffed. Uh, I've been handcuffed a few times, actually. But I've never saw it as in the sense of race. I always saw it as the sense of, um, well, I, I do look like a stereotype. I am a stereotype. So, and stereotypes really have changed. Stereotype. Oh. I think uh, we lost it for a second. Oh, you kind of cut out for a second. You still okay. there? Okay. Uh, yeah. You said, uh, you just said stereotypes. Uh, that was the last thing you said. So, yeah. So, stereotypes has formed our world. So, I wasn't really back then thinking about like, oh, okay, well, you know, this is racist. I'm just thinking like, oh, man, it's a stereotype. I need to stop looking like a stereotype. I got but the funny thing about that is when I got older, started college, if I'm trying to make a Yami story, Gary Coleman, I like moved on to like say the East and the South because I went to school at Hampton University, which was in Virginia. And the world is so completely different. Um, I've always had like all race of friends. Like I usually work in all my, like in my acting career, my music career, I work with every single race. Like, I mean, literally every single race, mm-hmm. but I never saw it in the sense of, maybe because I'm a Californian, like, I never saw it in the sense of, oh, man, these people could be like trying to turn against me because of my race. Or I just like, man, these people are cool. Like, I like surfing. I like, you know, I like doing the stuff that everyone likes to do. Mm-hmm. Like, this is California. It's fun. Um, playground. So but when I went out to the South, it was weird because everyone who's, who saw my videos from here or everyone, if they saw me communicate with someone else from another race. They're looking like, oh, why are you talking to them? What is wrong with you? Like, this isn't supposed to be this way. Like, they don't like us. And I never saw it that way. I always thought that literally we all are equal. But I guess it's just a California lifestyle where we're growing up, where we're taught where, you know, it, 
we don't see it, you know? Mm-hmm. And then seeing all this stuff that's happened recently, seeing like, you know, police brutality, I can't even say when I was in the South that I saw it. And if I did see it, I don't think I've noticed it because I always was programmed, I guess, or brainwashed or whatever you want, whatever <laughs> the masses want to say I was, um, not to see it, I guess. And I always thought that everyone it, everyone has everyone has an injustice and everyone has a justice. So in my brain, I'm thinking like anyone can be good and anyone can be bad in any profession. Like you can get a really bad real estate agent <laughs> who doesn't rent to you because he doesn't like you or because he's racist. Just like you can get a really bad cop who doesn't like you because he doesn't like you or he racist. Either way, so I always thought of, of it wasn't race. I always thought that like just just evil people in the world, you know. So I guess my, my, my system is a little different than the average, I guess, I, and I'm saying this in quotation, African-Americans of 2020 mm-hmm. or of the new millennium because I, I don't see race. Like, and even like with everything going on, I always think there's a backstory behind everything. I, and then I've, I've been looking at the whole, um, I don't know if I could say George Floyd or whatever. I've been looking at the, 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 the current George Floyd issue and, I've been watching the video over and over again, and it's never right for any police brutality or death of anyone, and that's any race. I don't care African-American. I don't care if it's Latino, Asian, Caucasian. It doesn't matter. I feel like it's wrong for any police to kill anyone. But looking at this video, like, I I can't say that I'm on – it's not a side. I mean, I'm on the side of justice, and if something's wrong, it's wrong. So, yes, the police and everyone who watched it is wrong, but – I can't sit here and say that I know the whole story. I feel like there's always a cause and there's always an effect. Mm-hmm. That's that's how I stand on that point. I know I kind of just went on a whole like tangent. <laughs> no, that's that's what you're here for, man. Like I'm I, honestly like I do my best to just like when I do the just to listen, you know, because it's like I. I, I know I acknowledge the limitations of my white perspective. And, and also I, I know that every, even people of color, that's the thing too, is like we got to be careful of painting in broad strokes when we say like we think like one person of color takes this stance. So all people of color take that stance. And it's like that's, that's in itself, that's like a racist view because you're implying that like people of color are somehow less diverse and complex than, than any right. other human being, you know. And, right. and that's another reason why I want to uh, do these interviews because, like, I, I want to hear your perspective, and and you know, so yeah, like, I you you got the floor, you know. <laughs> right, and I, I don't know. I just feel like I don't know. I'm 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 usually deemed the enemy. Um, we're not around a lot of my um, fellow African Americans, but a lot of them because I kind of I'm very devil advocate. And when I say devil advocate, I'm not saying that Black Lives do not matter because black lives definitely matter. But then I feel like everyone lives matter. But I feel like in the sense of saying black lives matter, I would never dare say all lives matter because the point of black lives matters is that we matter too, mm-hmm. not we matter more or not we matter less. We matter too. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like the way that things happen based on that, it just comes across that we're that it's black lives matter is coming off as we matter more mm-hmm. when it shouldn't be that way. It should be just, Hey, we have a voice too. We, we, we matter just as much as any other race. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I, that's how I feel in broad in the, in the broad perspective. But my own personal value of it is I feel like, unfortunately, and this is going to sound very negative, we're not even, and it's not going to ever be like that. And 
no matter how much we fight, no matter how much we protest, whatever they want to say that we're doing, I don't think that's possible. And that's totally fine with me because I feel like, I mean, I, <laughs> I honestly feel all separated from all humans anyway. I just have this mentality that I'm a, I'm an alien anyway. That's just me. I feel like I don't fit really with anyone mm-hmm. just because my mindset, I'm just trying to be a part so I literally don't want to be put in a box anyway. I don't want to be put in a box that, hey, I'm African-American. Hey, you're Caucasian. Hey, we're equal. No, I want to be that person that's above both, honestly. And that's kind of mean. But at the same time, I feel like I know where I stand in this country as well as in this world. And I feel like if I want change, change has to come from the inside out and not the outside in. So when I see people like protesting and yeah, that's fine and Danny, good. Have fun. Walk to your to your feet fall off. Fine. But if I see like Einstein said, if you do something over and over again and you expect something different but get the same results, you're insane. So if I see someone constantly protesting, yeah, there's small changes that happen here and there, but ultimately, is there a change? No. It's gonna be and it's and it seems like this repeats every forty years or sixty years. I don't know. I just feel like I've seen this before. I feel like mm-hmm. this is like a replay on DVR and someone recorded and just keep playing it like I just feel like I rather set myself up in a position. I feel like all African-Americans and not just African-Americans. I feel like every single individual in this country, because we all have our own things we need to fight. We all have our own racist um, stereotype. Everyone has a stereotype. So we all have this thing that we need to fight. So instead of being in that same level to become oppressed, why don't we get above the oppression? That's where I stand. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, if, if, if I'm still in Compton right now, I'm not in Compton now, but if I still live in Compton and I still joke around with two friends in a car and a hat on, bumping music every day, I can only expect the same outcome versus I'm in Koreatown or Hollywood or, you know, Beverly Hills or Playa del Rey or any good area riding around in a BMW, um, not with a hat on or even with a hat on regardless and acting like I'm a work of worth I don't imagine myself getting messed with by any police versus looking like I'm up to something. And I'm not saying that it it sucks that we have to reform, but I feel like we all do ultimately. I feel like true enough, honestly, if I, if I was a police officer (laughs) and this might seem racist as well, but I don't think so. If I seen two random white people in Compton with hats on, bumping music really loud with glasses on, I would think something suspicious about that. That's just strange. Mm -hmm. Like, first off, why are you here? (laughs) Second of all, what are you up to? You might go mess with someone. Like, that's just me. That's my thought process. So I I can't even sit here and say that, like, oh, we should just be like, oh, my God. And then that's that's another thing. I hate to keep jumping attention. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Another thing is I don't understand why in the black race, something has to be very, very bad. Someone has to die. Someone has to be injured for us to want equality. Why can't we want equality when something good happens? Mm-hmm. Like when Dr. Dre, and I keep using Dr. Dre because I look up to him, mm-hmm. but when Dr. Dre, donated, I think it was like a million to USC or it was some amount of money, we didn't praise him. We literally said, oh, he didn't give enough. Like, what is that? <laughs> but for some reason, African-Americans want to go crazy and hard and, and all this big stuff for something that we don't even know anything about. And we're just going off of, yes, racial equality, but this isn't the first person. And I guarantee you won't be the last that this is going to happen to. But when something good happens, we will never rejoice the good stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's my main problem with 
with with everything that's going on personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, yeah. it's uh, it it is tough that you know it's it, I've been uh, I don't know, kind of my whole life I've been trying to uh, bring about like inspiration and trying to like unify people and bring about like change. And then the last year uh, around January, I had like a spiritual awakening, and then it's like I've spent like since last year, like really trying to figure out like, how can we come together? How can we fix uh, societal problems and stuff? And, and it is unfortunate that something really negative has to happen to sort of catalyze any sort of mass movement. Um, exactly. And, but you know, it, what's interesting is cause like, I do agree that like, we always see this play out over and over again. And uh, I look at things as like this, like society gets stuck in the circle loop where it's like the right. same thing. Uh, but what right. the idea is, is that one of those, and then we always end up back at square one. And then, so you could essentially say that any of these kind of like brutal cop killings or something, that's the, that puts us back there. So in the past, uh, that's always happened. And maybe like a protest broke out in like one city. Uh, and, right. then, and then, you know, the next time information was a little bit easier to share. And then some people like protests broke out in two cities and stuff. And then it's like, but now we're at this point where it's happened. And now protests have literally broken out across the country. Everywhere. Yeah. Right. And, and I want, and like this time it does actually feel different. And, and I wonder, right. I wonder if that's from the, like, well, now we have this live streaming capability, uh, like literally right. there are eyes on the street all the time. Uh, and right. you know, now that it's it's come out like i think what's different about this time is that we've like last week we were just inundated with videos and and all of like actual like police brutality that was like unprovoked um you know i don't know if you if you saw that video about that i've seen that i also seen something where i guess it's not even now but it's funny it's funny um well it's not funny but when i say funny it's very curious um, yeah i know what you mean that all of a sudden it went from police brutality against blacks to now police brutality against everyone. Because I don't know if you're witnessing, there's a lot of elder people that are getting like trampled, mm-hmm. stomped out, treated and mistreated. So it just seems like to me that I don't, I don't know if it's washed down or what, if this is the plan, I don't know. I also believe I live in a systematic country that's been designed to benefit the people of the higher. Oh, absolutely. I'm right the there with you. So, I don't know if they're trying to wash off the whole, okay, well, it's not just black people now. It's just police brutality everywhere. Because also, if you see it now, there's also black police officers that's doing crazy stuff as well. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it, it's, it's crazy. So it's like, it's kind of hard to even be on either side. And I mean, it sucks, but I just feel like it, it's just a hard thing. And then now also what I see is, yes, you're right about the social media and this, this new thing going around, the anonymous guy who's putting everyone's information out. Mm-hmm. So between him and between the whole coronavirus, I just feel like people are actually literally bored. I mean, I've been literally stuck in my house. I mean, besides me still working, unfortunately, um, I would like to be safe at home, but I'm not. Um, but besides that, I mean, people are bored. Everything's closed. So I don't even know, like, it's to the point, and then also Pride got canceled. Um so it's a lot of stuff. So I feel like it's a lot of groups coming together just to say, you know what, we're bored. Let's just protest something. Mm-hmm. When everything, where all the anger and animosity is literally against the government just for the fact that everything's still being closed down. Mm-hmm. I, I'm feeling that is happening too. And I feel like that's mixing in. Because if you look at a lot of these protests, 
I've literally been watching them on purpose. And, and most of them, I don't even see black people in the protests. I might see a few, but there's also a lot of young white hippie kids that's doing the looting. And the, and I feel like they're just trying to find, they can't take advantage of what's going on and say, hey, let's do that. But you know who takes the negative stigma from it? The Black Lives Matter movement. Sure. Because it just so happened that that happened around the same time as that. And then I see a lot of, uh, I think you should call them Twitter thugs, uh, but I would say on all social platforms, it's pushing the envelope, but they're not out there at all. Mm-hmm. And that's one of my biggest things. I have a few friends, I'm not putting names out, but I have a few friends who are literally on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, and they post all this yada, yada, yada. But not one of them have left their house. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are still stuck with coronavirus, and they're scared to go out because they don't want to get sick. Mm-hmm. But they want to keep pushing envelope to make everyone else fight for them it's like well if you can't fight for us how do you want someone else to fight for us like that it's ridiculous to me. Mm-hmm. um so it, it's like i don't know like i want to i want to say that but I, I for some odd reason i still feel like this is a part of the bigger systematic plan yeah so i think uh so the way i see it is that the real issue that's underlying racism right now is it's one of class. Uh, the the like uber rich ruling class elite have literally rigged the system against all of us. Um, right. But see, it disp- to me it disproportionately affects uh, people of color and marginalized groups because they were already struggling to begin with. Because if you look at uh, like, let's say like Jim Crow, that wasn't even that long ago, and the, you know the civil rights right. movement, it's like. So the like, uh, you know, uh, marginalized communities, they're they're trying to like build and get on their feet. And, you know, then you have this like weird, this weird echo of racism that's still kind of prevalent today. So it's I think that. uh, Yeah. So I think what's good about what's happening right now is that people are paying attention. Because that, right. that is the hardest thing that you can get people to do is to pay attention. And I think every day right. we see, like you said, now the conversation is shifting to like, hey, man, wait, these cops are like brutalizing everybody. And then it's like, right. I, it, to me, that lends validity to the fact that they've been brutalizing people of color this whole time. Uh, because I, And I've also been doing a lot of research and like looking into how cops are trained. Um, they're trained by this dude that like, came up with this thing called Killology. Like they're literally like trained to like, not even like react to something, they're trained to preemptively like attack and violence. That's it's right. drilled into their head. Um, so- Like guilty to proven innocent. What's that? Guilty to proven innocent. Yeah, and, and they have a saying that's like, better to be judged by 12 than carried by six. So it's like, if you like, if that's in your head and you got this, like, I, I saw an interview with this retired police chief that uh, he he was a part of it. And he talked about all the racism that was in the department and how now he campaigns to, like, end police brutality. And, uh, and then he said that, like, he was in this system that eventually, like, it, it, he was against it at first. But then everybody was like, oh, like, you know, you're an inward lover and all of this stuff, like hitting him with this like crazy weird mentality. And then eventually he found himself using overwhelming force on people too, because they'd say something wrong to him. And then, so it's like this system that creates this toxic, toxic mentality that maybe you could start as a good cop, but eventually you're going to get weared down until like, you know, you're ready to strike out. And, you know, so I think, I think there are just many flaws in the system, and I feel like this yep. this is the domino that that could potentially 
push that and then crack open the whole issue, which is one of class. Right. Yeah, I definitely think it's class because I, I really think they're very, I think it's very, I think the system is very Darwinistic. Um, I feel like survival of the fittest is definitely in place. And I feel like, now what I will say that I agree on is I do feel like they deem the African-American the weaker race. So the weaker system. So I feel like anyone, even with the elder people, they, I feel like, because remember the coronavirus technically affected old people first, mm -hmm. the elderly first, and then it started changing to all the weaker type people. So I feel like the whole system is designed to get the weaker human or weaker person out. Mm -hmm. um, so what I preach all the time is get out of the weaker class. So no matter the stereotype or the racist belief or whatever, that's going to happen. Yeah, we can change it. We, we can make small steps towards it. And we can keep trying to make it better and better. And yes, it will get small, better, small, better, but ultimately get out of the weaker, the weaker, weaker eyes stop being considered weak mm -hmm. um because even like i was saying about the compton versus living living in compton versus living in hollywood dr dre supports compton but you're not going to see him in compton mm -hmm. because he realizes that's where the weak it, that's where it looks at the weak person is so get out of being the weak mindset if you want to help the community don't give the community this is what i was saying actually funny uh, i was talking to one of my friends the other day because he was saying well you talking all this well, how, how do you help and i'm like don't give money to a person teach a person you know and then if the person chooses not to go off the teachings then that's on him but if you can say you've helped you did it like me i do um, i have a housing project where i literally try to house as many people i can and that's just not just color that's anyone so is anyone like struggling? Because it's not just African Americans that struggle in this in this country, especially in California. I drive down Skid Row all the time to get home, and I always see all different races and classes on the street. And I know people desperately need homes. So my goal is to help people. But if they choose not to stay there, then I can't say that I didn't do my part. And that's my biggest thing. I feel like to, to change the system, it starts from inside and out. Like get to be where everyone at a power is and then that's when you can start making implement informatic change mm -hmm. obama tried it and I, I commend him he didn't do the greatest job but i commend him for the try and the effort like he got to a point of running the country and started throwing out like obama plan and, and insurance health plans like he, he tried mm -hmm. and i commend him so i feel like you know all these people are saying well you know walk walk protest yeah we can do that but there's also other ways that need to be implemented too don't just sit around and expect a handout or want help just because we're looked at as the weaker race mm -hmm. because in in reality i hate to say it we're always going to be deemed the weaker race just because we're not the liked race and same as a lot of people a lot of races like the you know like a lot of um a lot of Jews, even though Jews run the world, a lot of people still deem, uh, deem Jews as the, the weaker race, as well as the Spanish community and a few uh, Caucasian, too. So I just feel like it's not designed for the weak to, to survive. It's very Darwinistic. Yeah, I mean, I guess I sort of I differ on you there because I, I, I guess I mean, I'm ever the optimist. So it's like I, yeah. I, I believe that like we could actually change and i think it's just because like like in my opinion it's because the the conversation has always just been avoided um and swept under the rug and you know do you think that um 
that the system is kind of set up to like because you, you say that uh, you know you want people to be, take up positions of power, um, but do you think that like so let's say you know someone gets arrested for like a minor offense, but they already weren't really well off to begin with. Um, that one time that they're arrested, also here's the other thing is that prisons are run for profit. Uh, so the more people right. we have in sure. prisons, the more money somebody's making. Uh, so right. that I think that it gives cops incentives to start locking people up. Uh, people are plucked from their families. Their families get broken. People of color, you know, it's like if, if it was their dad, their brothers, their support systems are being broken up to be uh, like jammed into this system that's for profit. Um, and, you know, I don't know if you know, it's like 97% of the people in jail, like they're there because they can't post bail. And uh, right. they, they threaten. Yeah, they like threaten you to tack you with more time if you try to take it to court. So most people just they they say they're guilty and then they just like spend some time. But see, like that completely disrupts the the entire family support system and unit of the community. And then once they get out, then they have the scarlet letter of like, you know, every single job application. It's like, were you did were you arrested or something? You know, it's like, so how are they supposed to? Then if get they, out of it. yeah, what would you what would you say? Like, how would they? Well, I mean, if, if we were protesting, I would protest against that. But the thing is, is it has to be deemed what we're protesting for, because I feel like when you say black lives matter, it's like, are we protesting black lives? Because America can't drink a lot of tea at one time. Mm -hmm. It's not going to they can they barely and they're slow. <laughs> this country is very slow. Um and I don't know if it's, I mean, I don't have nothing against Donald Trump. Um, I, I mean, besides the fact that the guy is a character, um, <laughs> I think he's a, a, a huge character. But um, also, you know, George Bush was a character. Um, and I feel like they don't even run the country. I definitely feel like there are definitely bigger forces behind them, for sure, I would mm -hmm. say. Mm -hmm. But we're very slow. And even if we are to change anything, it takes forever. Like, even Abraham Lincoln, when he freed the slaves, how long did that take after his, uh, like it takes forever. Everything happened. Mm -hmm. So everything I don't feel like can be changed at once. I feel like if we're going to protest systematic wrongness, we all need to come together and protest systematic wrongness mm -hmm. and not be deemed that black lives matter because it needs to be bigger than black lives matter mm -hmm. because black lives matter only looks like, and it's, even though it's not true, it only looks like black lives matter. <laughs> like and just like when everyone says no all lives matter it, it it always comes out as an offense to the masses which is so ridiculous so if we're going to protest injustice in the jail cells i feel like we should just protest that because i definitely think that's wrong because i know police get paid commission off of whoever writes the most tickets yeah yeah they have <laughs> they have quotas to make and shit and it's like yeah, they're it's, literally it's, given incentive to lock people up and i promise you every first and the fifth of the month and every 25th through the 30th of the month i see the most police outside mm -hmm. i don't see any well, i mean i might see them here and there but i see like hordes like zombies mm -hmm. between the, these times which is really crazy so when i heard that i was like oh well that makes total sense and they're literally trying to pull you over for anything i mean anything it could be the smallest thing and and i've literally because i went to school i got a degree in sociology what I, what I decided, I like to test stuff. I like to figure things out. I don't know if it's the Libra in me, the socialistic person in me or what. Mm -hmm. So there's been a time where literally between the first and the month, I literally like had a broken tail light. 
I got pulled over for that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get a warning. I got a ticket for it. Mm-hmm. But if it was after the fifth and I had that broken tail light, I would get a warning. Oh, just fix it. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Which is really crazy to me. Mm-hmm. Like, so I feel like police should get more more training. I feel like it should be longer process before you get into it. And I studied to become a sheriff at one time, but a sheriff's is different than the police because sheriff's I was like, I can't do it. It's too much, too mm-hmm. much work. Mm-hmm. But I feel like police department need that same training. Because and honestly, the sheriffs really seem to be cool. They they I've never really had an issue. And if they were, they were actually probably the bigger, not bigger, but better um, uh, law enforcement. To be totally honest, like every running running I had with the sheriff department or CHP has been so much better than with LAPD mm-hmm. or any regular department. It's just because training is huge. Like their training is so much like. It's so like exhilarating. Like you have to like go through like hurdles, and it's so hard. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what, I'm not doing. It. I'm just not. Yeah. So I stopped. I'm, I did now. <laughs> but being an LAPD, it seemed like you could just get that. Like, oh, your your father was a, a police officer. Oh, well, yeah, of course you are. You're you're like alumni. You're an alumni kid. You know, you're in. So I feel like it should be more training, and I feel like the jail system should be changed. But it's going to take more. It's going to take more communities mm-hmm. to approach. That. And I feel like if we protested that, we would get like backed by way more other races besides just these young hippie kids that want to loot something and take some free shoes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or black community, we'll get everyone as a whole. This whole country needs to stand up for protesting against that. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it, it's interesting because I feel like the perception that I'm getting and all the sources and everything that I've I've been able to see, I feel like that's to me. I I think that's what's happening. Um, I think that the the Black Lives Matter movement opened the door, and now I I see that now now we have like hashtags like defund the police and everything like trending, and it's so it's like people are starting to talk and people are starting to put this puzzle together, and I think the longer right. that people are out in the streets, um, the longer the more and more the, the like COVID nineteen actually the reason why people haven't paid attention in the past, and I think the reason why this is very different, and we have an actual chance at true change right now is because people were so wrapped up in their own lives that they didn't have time to, no. to think. And you know that's, that's part of the system. There's a reason why banks are so predatory. There's a reason why right. uh, you know, like rent, loan charge, like every single system, big pharma, it's predatory and they overcharge us because they wanna keep us like poor and distracted. Because when you're right. struggling to pay your bills, that's all you can think about is like, how am I gonna, how am I gonna pay bills, you know? So right. now, th- like nobody had, like everybody was like stuck at home, like nobody could do anything, you know. So it created this perfect storm for people to finally like get together, group up, and pay attention because we all know like something is wrong here, something is very wrong with society, but nobody knows what it right. is. And I think that now we're starting to put these pieces together and see like, oh, all right, you know, and and now like it's 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 becoming a multiracial coalition and it's, and the right conversations are happening. Uh, it's gotten me to do research into police departments and how they're trained. And, you know, like I'm, I'm like appalled, you know, and and like, have you seen 13th? No, I definitely recommend that documentary. It lays out pretty much exactly why everything is, is the way it is right now. It goes from slavery to Jim Crow to they, we have all these insidious lawmakers that write bills to, in the 13th right. Amendment, it says that slavery is illegal unless you are a criminal. Like, it li- that's what yeah, the 13th... Yeah, I, I did see that, which is the jail, yeah. which is jail. Yeah, so basically, yeah. modern-day slavery is the prison system. 
run for profit. Yeah. They profit off slave labor straight up. Like they it's like of many companies use prison labor to uh right. to you know, and it's like so of course there's gonna create this system to send people out there, uh cops out there to be the arm of this and and start raking people in. And which communities are gonna be affected? Like maybe it might maybe at some point it stopped even being about race and maybe at some point it became about who's most vulnerable. Because you start ranking yeah. up like people of color and it's like there's already this like echo of like perception and bias that, you know, they're criminals and they're this. Right. So oh, I guess that makes and sense. People of color can't, and most people of color can't afford to be strong. Yeah. So at all. Yeah. So <laughs> so they and then again, like I said, their support system keeps getting plucked out from under them because of this. So it's created this right. modern day like a new racism, like neo racism that is just right. maybe it's because they're vulnerable. And I think right. if we start focusing on that, I think like if because maybe maybe the race conversation, maybe it muddies the issue a little bit. Like, you know, because yeah. because right. uh, I, I think maybe if we start focusing more on it's a it, it's a vulnerability issue uh then right. maybe we can understand because like certainly like i think we could both agree that like you know marginalized communities are vulnerable uh they, they yeah. haven't really had a chance to flourish yet um especially and, now it's gonna be i feel like it's gonna be way worse oh hang on i think we lost it for a second oh all right uh go ahead you said it was gonna be way worse I think it's going to be way worse after because of the fact of now that everyone is going to be weak that couldn't pay their rent or didn't have jobs. So I feel like it's just designed to just make a more weaker group of people because, you know, me being a landlord or a manager trying to get rent. Like I literally I try to help people as much as I can for sure. Like I'm like I work with them. Like if you can pay anything towards it, then we can count it towards it. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going like, hey, I need money every month. I'm working on it because I also know that. When this is said and done, the owners of these properties are going to want their money mm -hmm. or people going on the street. So it just becomes a whole nother system of weakness. Mm -hmm. So it becomes bigger than Black Lives Matter. It becomes bigger than it, it just becomes a whole class system because those people can't afford to get back on their feet. Credit is going to be way worse. Mm -hmm. No one's going to have any because jobs are going to take about two to three weeks to pay you if they hire you back because some jobs are not even opening. They want to stay closed. And then with all these looters going on, a lot of people are losing profit. It's it just seems like it's it, 2021 is going to be a very scary year mm -hmm. unless we can support each other and not just Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. Oh, it went out again. Hold up. Oh, there you go. Yep, you said not just like Black Lives Matter. Not just Black Lives Matter, but literally we might need to go over the mantra that all lives are important, mm -hmm. not matter, but we all need to support each other ultimately. And I feel like just having that, that Black Lives Matter stigma is not really helping the fight mm -hmm. i mean we matter but i feel like we need to have an ultimate all lives mean something or all lives are together like we need to attack the system together mm -hmm. under a mantle like mantle because even for people lgbtq community like no one ever backs them mm -hmm. like it's always oh well let them do them just don't touch me <laughs> mm -hmm. you know and it's it, like no one supports them either i feel like we all as a community need to go after the 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 system yeah if that's what well not black lives matter yeah well that's that's kind of what i'm trying to do with the reverentism is get like because i always say that somebody else with the problem 
or somebody with a problem is caused by somebody else with a problem. And if we could all come right. together and start solving other people's problems, eventually it's going to start this chain reaction where we're going to solve our own problem by helping other people solve theirs. Um, right. But so, so here's the thing with the all lives matter. Um, do you think that when, when you say black lives matter, like to me, like I, I get it. Like I get why it's specifically black lives right now. Uh, I've, I've learned enough of the history and I'm still like every day I'm watching black history documentaries and stuff. I feel like to understand it, I feel like you really have to like kind of dive into black history a little bit here in America. Um, and do you think though that the perception of black lives matter as being specifically uh, somehow better than it's implying that black lives are better than do you think that that is comes from the reaction of people throwing all lives matter because like in a sense that that is jarring to them because like they actually have like yeah, for a second yeah absolutely I have I, I have an Asian friend <laughs> um, I hope you don't think I'm talking about him but I am he is going on this whole mantle of I'm out at the movement every day because black lives are not the only lives that matter. All lives are important. And he'll throw this whole, well, hey, I know how it feels to be segregated against because I've been segregated against. And it's like, well, you, you're kind of stirring up the pot <laughs> for all the people that aren't black because it's like, well, it only takes a few people to make a whole group of other people attack another people if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. So if he could stir up a message of saying, that, hey, my life is important too, it comes off as a Black Lives Matter is saying that, well, no, we're more important. And that becomes a whole nother, and that's what I think the system wants to happen. They want us to fight. Mm -hmm. Because we're like literally fighting each other, not realizing that there's really some, a puppet master, like on Godfather, there's really someone holding the strings. Mm -hmm. But instead of us, we're too clouded to say that, hey, no, all lives are important too. But it's like, well, we're not saying that. <laughs> mm -hmm. But it's like, yes, you are. And it's just like, what the? It's not the same. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, yes. I, th I think what's the good thing that's coming out of this uh, is that it's honestly <laughs> to hear Black Lives Matter and then to hear a lot of people support it and uh, understand why it's being said right now versus All Lives Matter. Like to say All Lives Matter right now, um, it's a little, it's sort of like, it's a little bit like gaslighting the movement, I feel like. It's kind of like, yeah. you know, uh, you know, yeah, we hear you, but but all lives matter, you know, like in a right. sense, like if, you know, because like like we said before, even if it's not a race issue, a vulnerability issue, the, the black community is is hurting right now, you know, right. undeniably. Right. So it's kind of like if you had a car and then one of your tires were flat and, you know, I'm like, oh, I got to fix this tire. And then, then somebody's like, no, all of your tires matter. And then you're like. But, but this one is, is flat, you know, like, yeah. So it's like, and then, and then it creates this like feedback, weird loop that is like, you know, people keep insisting, no, all of your tires matter. But then the, 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 the flat one is like, but it's this one. So it's like, I mean, we got to fix that tire first, you know? And, and I think that the, a good part of what this does is like, it's sort of, conf it's making people confront a lot of uh, bias that they didn't even realize they had. It's like, right. wait, if I have to say, if, if you have to, if you say black lives matter and it makes you uncomfortable, maybe you should start like dissecting that a little bit. Like, why am I uncomfortable right. to say another race, like acknowledge that another race matters? And why right. does that, why immediately do I go to like, but I matter too, you know, it's like, right. yeah, you know, so. I was getting it against before COVID, like, <laughs> what's that? you know, 
or someone because I was like, oh, I was just segregated too. Like, but that was before COVID. It's like, well, that's not. We're not talking about you. Yeah, <laughs> we're talking about a whole community, a whole race that's been deemed the weaker race from beginning of the time. Yeah, you know, mainly because people don't like us mainly or don't like people of color or they're intimidated or scared of us for some odd reason. Yeah. Well, it's, it's just, it's, go ahead. Even some of us that are racist against each other too. So, yeah, I kind of wanted to, I wanted to break into that a little bit too, because I see, um, yeah, I saw you posted the Candace Owens video or, Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and you, you agree in some form, maybe you can explain that to me or we'll, we'll dissect it here a a couple of times. Uh, first, I guess you will. Yeah. How do you like? You want to explain what you agree about that? I feel like cover her facts are definitely wrong. I don't know where she got a lot of her like, like because it's a long video, <laughs> like yeah. it's a very long video, um, and she's really not one of those people that I would enjoy watching because she's kind of boring. But um, and I normally don't agree with anything. This was the only video. The reason why I said I agree because I was like, oh my god, I agree with something she said. I was more shocked than anything because I normally don't agree mm-hmm. with everything, but. Um, her facts were, were a little off, but I, I think her main point of what she was getting at from what I understood, and maybe she didn't say that, but what I got out of it is because, you know, they say always listen to everyone and take bits and pieces and figure it out and study it. That's why I study multiple Bible, Torah, mm-hmm. uh, a bunch of doctrine, doctrines just to see. But I feel like her main point was saying that, hey, why are we Black Lives Mattering for George Floyd? Now, her telling his, his his crime and his background that that really matters nothing to mm-hmm. anything. Um, I think the community, the black community, is saying like, "Hey, well, this has been going on and on and on." Okay, dope, we get that too. But my problem is is that when Trayvon Martin got shot, yeah, we had some protests, but it didn't get as big as this. And then when I say that to my other fellow black friends, they're like, "Well, no, it's been building up." No, it, it should have. It, it shouldn't take for one extra person to, to die of color for us now to start going big against the world. Because, yeah, looking at the video, George Floyd had a chance to live <laughs> if, in, in some sort of sense, not laughing at it. Trayvon Martin had no chance of living. So if we're going to like protest and go hard, why didn't we do that for Trayvon Martin, who I feel like deserved that more? Because even with this being said, even though now they're saying, oh, it's not about George Floyd. This family just raised $15 million or whatever, which is fine. Dope. It looks like we're doing it in George Floyd's name versus doing it in Black Lives Matter name because when an innocent black child, because I, I have a child, so I'm, I'm scared for his life literally every day, especially now in this community. Mm-hmm. And then as I when I die, as he's getting older, it's like the world's getting worse. Mm-hmm. So I'm more worried now. So like I'm saying, what if my son goes into a store with a hoodie and get shot are we gonna go looting and going crazy i don't think so <laughs> mm-hmm. like so my biggest thing with what i think i got from what she said is that she's saying why does it take for now for us to protest in the name of someone not saying his criminal background or his holiness is important but why are we doing it in a sense of someone who wasn't really of value to our community as much as a young black child is and that's what i agree with what she said I didn't agree about a lot of the other stuff that the other stuff didn't matter to me. It was just the fact that like, yes, why now? Why does it take one extra black person to be killed for us now to be like Black Lives Matter again? But not even that, but huge. Mm-hmm. We did not go this huge Trayvon Martin. Yeah. Or the other or the other other black names that I can't keep my head right now. Yeah. Well so I mean do you, do you think that 
I mean, in a sense though, okay. like if we, if we didn't go hard right now, uh, and it still happened, like, I mean, I'm trying to understand where you come from. Cause I feel like, I mean, yeah, you're right. Like it never should have, like, why did we wait? You know? And, and as you said, right. society is slow to act. Um, but like, can you imagine this scenario if this happened and then nobody made a peep, you know, like, yeah, it, it would have sucked. But I mean, like, well, what's the difference between him and the other guy? Like, well, not Trayvon, but the other black guy that got killed, kind of the same situation, kind of the same similarity. I think he was, um, I think he got shot. Mm -hmm. And I think that's worse than getting, I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, I've never had a knee pressed to the back of my neck, so I don't know how that feels. I've had, I've, I've gotten shot before, and I know that's pretty painful. So, but I've never died from getting shot. So I, I don't know what makes his death more valid to, to, to go like we're going now versus someone getting shot in the back of the neck. They didn't even have a chance to say hi. <laughs> George Floyd had a chance to talk. Yeah. This guy, I, I, I don't, I, I don't think. I don't. I just don't understand. I think I, I'm. I think maybe like, did the police get like like I I don't get it. I I think maybe um, well to me it's like I feel like everybody has value and worth and right. Um, but, I think maybe what's like especially shocking about George Floyd's death is that the man is just he he's slow dying. He's like and it's easily preventable. Easily people right. are like, can you please stop this? Like he can't breathe. Like please stop. And as opposed to somebody getting shot, it's like pop, pop, and it's over. You know, the, right. they obviously shot with an intent to kill, and they killed him. And that's that's no less worse. But to see the graphic nature of like, and it's almost like representative, I think, of America and like the white man that has like had his like knee on the black man's neck for like centuries. You know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, I could see that. And, and for I, sure. I think that was what was really shocking. And again, it was like there was nine minutes to prevent that man's death and, right. and, and people pleading. And the guy clearly didn't care, you know? And right. I think, and I feel like if we didn't take to the streets right now, we as a society would, like, I mean, I would feel like there's something major wrong if people weren't out, like, and coming out strong for this. Because, like, it, I don't think at this point it's about any, it, it's not just about George Floyd. I think this, it's about all of it. Like, now all of the names are getting recycled, they're getting re brought up. Like, uh, Brianna Taylor, she was just in, in her fucking house. And, and the cops, like, no knock warrant, busted in in plain clothes, uh, didn't announce they were cops. And they, they shot right. her, like, in her own home because right. they thought that, that her house was a drug house or something, and there was no drugs right. there. You know, it's like, right. what was she doing? She was just sleeping in her own house. But, like, somehow that got buried in the news cycle by COVID, uh, and then nobody was out right. for that. You know, like, it, but, it, you know, but now that George Floyd happened, now everybody's going back and being like, oh, this is fucked up, too. And now, now I just right. saw that there's a lawyer that's representing George Floyd's family, uh, Ahmed Aubrey and also Brianna Taylor. So now this one lawyer is representing all of these. And so now it's, it's all about setting the example, because if you look at history, things have always like American history. It, and when it comes to the law, things have been fucked up until there was one catalyzing event that went to court and they said, Hey, no. And then that set the precedent. So it's all about setting a precedent. So now 
because like nobody those fucking cops like they weren't going to get arrested they weren't going to get charged with his death everybody floods the streets now the cop is getting charged and the the now the longer they're out there first it was like first degree murder and now it's second degree murder and then so now everybody the public outcry is like hold this fucking guy accountable set an example and now that that's happening you know i think any cop is going to think twice about you know like because for one they're trained like i'll kill this guy and not even think about it because they've had yeah. no consequences they, they this whole system has protected them so this is about dismantling the protection of the police and you know i and it's like that to me is what this is about and that's why it's like i support everybody out there making a big scene and i know that you're gonna have the outliers of the bell curve that they're gonna break into looting and and things like that but it's like i feel like that's ancillary and we can't focus on that we got to focus on the main movement of why people are there in the first place and it's because a system has allowed people to kill with impunity right but even I, I hear you and i totally well i don't totally but i halfly agree yeah um but i think it goes back to the point like i mean just based on all the facts that come, the bad thing about when someone dies you know everything comes out mm-hmm. good or bad um and i'm not saying i'm not bringing up his criminal background or anything because i mean you know we all had criminal stuff yeah um my thing is, is it the thing is i always like i was saying the cause and effect based on what i've seen on the, the, the facts of what has been shown, because who knows if it's right, it's always three sides to every story. The right, um, no, your side, their story, side, and the right side. Mm-hmm. So who knows? But it, it seems as if it was personal. So that's one option. And then I have another theory that, like I was telling you about the weaker, he seems like the most weakest race, uh, not race, but weaker person out of all the other people that got um, 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 like shot. Like, I mean, if I'm scared of someone, I'm shooting, honestly. Like, if I'm if, if I have a gun and I'm and I'm just being America and I'm scared of someone, I'm shooting to get rid of. If I feel someone weak that can't defend themselves, I mean, what what can, what can he do? He can't stop me from doing anything. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to suffocate him or I'm going to take him out. And then maybe I don't know if they didn't expect to be seen or something, which is another thing. Like, if you know there's cameras everywhere and there's body cams everywhere, why would you even do that? And then from what I've been seeing is that they knew each other prior from doing security together, which is weird. Mm-hmm. But that's been going out there, too. So, yes, I, I think I think it still goes back to weak. We're trying to get rid of the weaker, the weaker person. It's not even race. I don't I, I really don't think it's race in this in this situation. Mm-hmm. Now, if I see a police officer shoot a black person, I think it's race easily. If like you were saying how they came into the person house thought it was a drug house, I think that was race. Because and race and stereotype. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, why is the black one? Like, well, I'm I'm thinking that's race. Mm-hmm. Um, not saying it's right. I, I definitely still don't think it's right. And yes, police should be he should be wrong for what he did and he should be charged, which I'm glad he is, because then I would have protested that too. But not in the sense of, you know, going out. I mean, it's COVID, you know. I'm, I'm still trying to be safe at the end of the day too, and I don't want to bring it home to the kid. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, but my thing is, I just feel like it's it's, it's more get rid of the weak in this situation. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if, if this is what it has to happen, if we have to, whether it's true or not, if we have to go by a, a blinded wall, that's not what it is, then fine. If that helps get the point across. But I guess I'm being not optimistic as much as saying that I don't think it solves too much. Like small change is always good. Yes, a small change is always good. But if we're going to like, I just want, I need something big for me to, to restore that faith, that protest work. 
like even when MLK did it, yeah, it changed happened, but we're back here again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I know you talked about that, um, but it's just like I just I, I don't I don't even know, you know. Mm-hmm. But I just like I don't know. I just don't feel like it, it, to my to my my view. It, it seems like we're making George Floyd a martyr more so than we're trying to support Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. And I, I just don't know what we're doing. And then like yeah, police are wrong, but then you know, the whole cut police budget because of that makes us more targets. <laughs> I don't know. I personally feel like as a black person, I'm more scared of them cutting police money <laughs> because of this mm-hmm. versus just taking the people who did the wrong to jail. Mm-hmm. Because wouldn't they have a chip on their shoulder? If I'm working for you and you take my money because of something that someone else did that I had nothing to do with, how is that fair to me? Yeah, um, but I, I mean, like, go ahead. No, but training, I think it's definitely key. I think if we want change for law enforcement, we need to actually have people in there with degrees or somebody that literally went to study something. Um, I will say that for that. Yeah, I think um, I wonder if you don't have faith in protests, because like in modern America here, uh, we haven't really seen a collective concerted effort of this scale yet. Um, I mean, this is huge, you know, like undeniably huge. And I think it's like it's the door is opened and, and nobody's just going to walk away from this now. Like if people are right. going to keep staying in the streets until actual change happens. And I think what's important is that we all do our best to kind of guide this the public attention right now to the right issues. And I think we're seeing that happen. We have a lot of amazing community leaders out there that are organizing this stuff. And the only thing, the only reason why change hadn't happened in the past is because nobody would pay attention. And I think that the attention is the most powerful thing that you can give to anything. Um, And, and, and do you think that, cause we're, we're like, we're right. It's only been a week, man, (laughs) you know, like, and like companies, I I just saw the, uh, the founder of the co-founder of Reddit, step down and he's giving his position to a person of color um i saw that yeah they've uh they've changed the name on the street in washington dc to black lives matter drive i I don't like that yeah how do you feel about that i don't like that i don't want i don't want them to give black people stuff because of something Hmm. i feel like if we should get something it's because we earn it okay and that's what anyone when i train my kid i tell them the same thing you know if you get something, it's because you earn it. It's not because you don't have what the other person has. You have to do good in school to get the reward. Right. And I not know. because. Right. And that's why I don't like it. I get it. Yeah. I understand it. But I don't. And, I don't know. I just I don't want to be feeling. I don't want to. As a black person, that's not a part of the, the protest. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the people that are part of protest. Yes, they'll probably be so excited. They're happy. Like, oh, my God. Like, this is great. But the per- the black people or the black person that's not a part of it. We get like deemed or like, cause like I went to the story the other day. Oh, I'm so sorry for your loss. Oh, I know it's so bad being a black person. I'm looking like that's not cool. Like, yeah, <laughs> like that's not even fair. Like, I didn't know the guy. Um, I mean, yeah, it sucks, but like, don't, don't, I don't, I don't want that. I don't want no special attention or feel like, you know, I'm a kid and, and I need extra litter 
because I can't poop in my own bathroom. You know, I don't yeah. want to feel like that. No, that, that and makes, I hate it. Makes like total sense, man. Like I completely yeah. understand that because again, it's like I said in the beginning, you're painting with a broad brush and it's sort of, you're like, you might intend well, but you're sort of devaluing the diversity of uh, people of color. Exactly. So I, t I totally yeah. understand that. Um, and you know, um, what else has been happening? I saw like Bank of America is donating like hundred million to like uh, yeah, minorities and stuff. And it's like, I, on some level, like that's good. It's good that resources are finally going to where they need to go. Uh, but what we need to be very vigilant about is that these mega corporations, they're, they're, it's a drop in the bucket for them. It's like, it doesn't exactly. hurt their bottom line. And they're doing exactly. it because they want to keep the conversation about race. Because once that conversation spills over into class and everybody's like, hold the fuck on, everything is fucked up because these guys at the top, that's what they're trying exactly. to prevent. Because like, uh, they're like, oh, but no, Bank of America is good because look, they donated a hundred million to like minority communities, you know? And it's like, oh, so well, their hands are clean, you know? Yeah. Stocks so, are up higher than I've seen in a very well. Yeah. And, and it's like, it, also, we got to realize, like, as America, it's like the stock market isn't the economy. The, Donald Trump loves, right. like, pulling this thing, like, stock market's great, you know? And it's like, okay, but, you know, like, that does not affect the average person. The stock market is basically just, like, rich people gambling with other people's money, you know? So, yeah. Richer still getting richer. Yeah. They, I've said they've made, like, 400 billion since the COVID started or something. So it's like, this is the real issue that I, I, th I think people are starting to see it. I really do. And, and, but it's like, it, but we needed this. So I think right now it's like we can get caught up on the, the tiny details of George Floyd's death and, and the events surrounding it. But I think now it has already transcended George Floyd. And now it's, it, it, George Floyd was the catalyst to open the door to, for everybody to finally see what the fuck is wrong in this country. Right. And that's, that's and where I see it. And if, if, it, if it does transcend that, then I am all for that. Like, I am all for, to an extent, to an extent, I'm all for system systematic equality, to an extent. Um, I hate to say it, but I, I'm, I'm kind of a capitalist. Like, I mean, based on this conversation, you probably can tell that. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I just feel like th there there is going to be a weaker society. Um, no matter what, you can, like I said, because a lot of people want to be that. A lot of people don't want help. Like, like, I mean, you can give someone a million dollars and they can spend it in a day if they don't care about their lives. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, like a lot of people don't care. So, I mean, I feel like it's going to be capitalism anyway, but I feel like at least it should be an even playing field to start. Mm -hmm. And like Monopoly, everyone should be able to start it go. Mm -hmm. Now, true enough, one isn't going to win. <laughs> it's just not IQ. Um, mentally, a lot of people don't have that brain power capacity. It's not going to happen. But if we can make the system a little equal, just a little bit, like it makes no sense why I'm from Compton and I can come here and start at the same point from someone who came from money from like uh, freaking uh, the Hamptons. <laughs> why can't we start at the same point and let's see who wins then? Mm -hmm. Like, let's, let's make it at the same level. Yeah. Don't have him against me and I'm starting here and he's already at the win at the at the at the end point like that's not fair mm -hmm. like if we can like get a little bit somewhere with some people if not even everyone then i'll feel way more happy in this country so if we if this black lives matter transcends to something that you know all class matter or you know or let's 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 try to be even or equal some kind of way mm -hmm. and that's just blacks that's everyone then i'm all for it and i feel like this is a great a great start
And I feel like maybe COVID, like you said, it opened a lot of people's eyes because a lot of people are scared. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are something to, to piggyback on because a lot of people are like, well, what's going to happen when COVID is over? Mm-hmm. It's a when people have to get out of their homes, it's a, it's a wrap. Mm-hmm. It's done. It's nothing to do unless there is a system in place to help. And I've been waiting to see this every day and not one person. Not And I'm expecting, well, I know Trump's not going to do it, but someone to say, I know you can't afford it. I know you're behind six months of rent because of COVID. This is what we can do for you. We can at least give you another month or at least throw something to help you pay. Like, this is what I've been waiting to see. So if this can transcend to that some kind of way and not focus on everyone, like not focus on just the whole Black Lives Matter because of George Floyd and we're tired and fed up, then I am all for it, I feel like. And I would love that. Like, I would love to live in the, you know, it's not possible. I would have a, coming from that mindset, though, I would love to live in an equal, if not equal, a little close playing field of society, mm-hmm. you know? Well, it, I mean, it would be nice. I'm curious, like, wh- why are you, uh, why are you okay with it being like just a little bit not equal? Like, because you're like, like, why, because why aren't I'm, you like I'm, this has got to be equal? What's that? I'm a competition person my whole life. I don't know, maybe it's how I was raised, but I love competing. Like, and if it's not, it's no competition. It's no point of living. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I love competing for something. Mm-hmm. I love that I'm deemed the weaker race and. Oh, he came from nothing to something. I, I love that. Like, I love that. I can literally say, man, I was homeless. And this is a true story. I was homeless living in my car, not knowing where to go. So now I'm driving a BMW or a Benz selling houses. Like, it's just a great feeling to know that I came from nothing to something. Mm-hmm. And knowing that if, if you have the mindset, you can make it happen. Mm-hmm. I love having that mentality. But if everything's equal, then it's like, well, you know, we all kind of started the same place. So, you know, it, it makes sense that she would make you. You know, mm-hmm. it's just more so I don't want people to feel bad for me. Like, like I, I just. Yeah. And yeah. there's a few black like that, too. And there's a few other races like that, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't want handouts. Yeah. And I, I totally get what you're saying there. Um, yeah. To me, like, I like to say, like, baseline for all races, life is fucking hard. <laughs> like, it's yeah. like, no matter what, yeah. it's really hard. But then on top of that, you have to add uh, certain issues that come with your specific race that aren't, you know, so it's like you have even more hurdles. So that puts you lower. So like I'm I'm all for advocating a world where we truly start equal because like I love competition, too. And like, I'm, you know, we are we're very driven people. but, you know, not not all of society is like that. Some people are, are happy living relatively simple lives. And, you know, right. but the problem right. with, you know, uh, I, I, to me, I, I see the problem with uh, like what you're saying is that uh, even though like you're the and you're like going to get it and I believe you're going to get it. Um, then all those other people that don't have your mentality, they're still sort of left behind on a less equal playing field. You know, so it's like I want to push for a society where all of those people, even if they want to live simple lives and not, you know, go for like the crazy stuff, just to just to have it like an equal chance to do what they want with, you know. Right. And and, and I I don't feel like what's that? I don't feel like it's affordable. Yeah. And and it's like, yeah, and it's like how did it's by design, man. It is like rent keeps going up. They haven't changed minimum wage. No, I agree. I think it definitely is by design. Yeah. And, and I think he, the thing is, is that what I'm finding interesting about this conversation is that uh, there's an end point where we both agree. Uh, like, right. they're like, I, 
I think if you dissect it more, like we both, in an ideal world, you would want an equal playing field for everybody. Um, and well, at least everyone has the same equal chance. Right. Let's say that. Yeah, exactly. Um, right. And, and like, even if you and I did start at the same place, uh, it's gonna uh, how hard we work and stuff. It's that would that's still an accomplishment to to get yeah. like somewhere in life. So, um, but if we if we had a baseline of just like everybody's at the same starting field, um, then we would be happy. Because yeah, I agree. Like I, I don't, I don't want it to be like given. Like I wouldn't want a handout either, you know. And, and because right. like I, I do. I, I don't know. I love the underdog story. Like that's. Yeah. I, I'm with you on that. I, I see why that, that you like that. Um, but then yeah. it's like what when I've been doing a lot of personal work since last year, I have to realize that like I'm not like everybody. Like I'm specifically right. me. So, but we need a system that works for everybody that's not like me too, you know. Right. So. Have a chance. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what it is. I mean, that's what I'm, I'm down to protest. I'll be on the street for that. Yeah. I would literally get out of my house and go protest that. Well, I, I would. I, you know, that would cool. I would say, you know, <laughs> man, I'd, I'd say keep an eye out because like, look, like don't get too caught up on the looting and the, the belk, the outliers and stuff. Look at what's happening at this core movement. And I think I really think, man, we're seeing that. And we, we have a an amazing once in a lifetime chance here to push for that true change because the conversation has been started, the door is open, and everybody's flooding through it, and they're going to see what's on the other side. And what's on the other side is the people at the top fucking everybody over, and it just disproportionately affected communities of, of color and marginalized communities. But see, once now everybody's focused on that, like, why is it that people of color have it so hard? And then everybody starts connecting the dots, and then they're gonna, it's going to go right up to the top. Right up to the top. Yeah. Right. I totally agree. So, so that was a uh, another thing that I want to get to because yeah we were talking about so racism with even within uh, well also so I, I a couple things so oh, I, what's that racism within this the same race yeah well I want to uh, I want to make sure I ask this first before I forget because I keep meaning to ask my guests and I always forget so I, I noticed you say African American a lot. And uh, and then I used to say that, but then people were saying it's not necessarily correct to say African American. Uh, and then like, what's your thoughts on like, is it okay? Like, it feels weird for me to say black because I don't feel like it encompasses like who they tr who people truly are, That's you true. know. Um, but also when I say brown people, that felt more right. But also that sort of that sort of is more generalized to not specifically. Uh, black people or African-Americans who have a definitely right. distinctly different set of problems than other brown people. So yeah. terminology here, like what are your thoughts on that? Because I, I, every time I say a black person, it, I feel weird about it, but I don't know how, how else to like specifically talk about black people. You know what I mean? Right. I feel weird about it too, actually, to be honest. Um, one of the best movies, um, and they did it in a sense that it was cool, okay, but they did it in a sense that a child could understand was Black Panther. I loved how they extinguished Black, African-American, and African. I think, I don't know if you've seen Black Panther. You probably did. You, you didn't? No. Is it, what? Oh, Black Panther. Yeah, no, I did see it. Sorry, but oh, I, I, for some reason, I'm not. Yeah, I, I thought you were a geek like <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Yeah, but I don't know which uh, part. It was a long time ago, and I was on a plane. <laughs> the whole movie is pretty much deemed as you know, Africans are the more dominant blacks versus the African-American. But they're saying that, you know, Africans sold African-Americans, well, Africans that are now African-Americans to this country. 
So it's like we didn't have the same choice as the Africans had. So if we go to Africa, why are we being the for the bad the bad I guess culture, basically? So they did good with that. I really appreciate that, and it makes sense today. Um, and I love how they did that. Like the the brothers, man, they did a thing on that. Um, the thing I under I, I really get from that is there's a lot of black people. Um, and when I say that, there's other races of black people. Mm-hmm. If you go to London, that black person isn't the same as a black person here in America, but they they could be darker than they could be black black. Like I mean, and even in Australia, there's black people in Australia who get treated really really bad. I think probably get treated way worse out there than mm-hmm. black people get treated here. It's all the black people I know from there. Um, but and not only that, but I'm also educated. That's another situation too. Not saying that. It's just different views. Um, it, it's, it's weird because then you also have that N-word, mm-hmm. which is cool to some blacks as well. And then some people use it in music. So it, it's just strange. Like, I, I don't really even know. Like, even me, I don't know what the right terminology is. And it sucks because the black culture has did that. We've done that. We've made it where it's like it's not okay to say it or it could be okay to say it around certain groups. Like, if I'm chilling... If I'm chilling, the way I said it even sounded. If I'm chilling on, on the, I'm gonna say it like I would say. It. If I'm chilling on the block with my homies, mm-hmm. then you know that's my ends. <laughs> but I would never say my end if I'm chilling with a, a black man of class in Hollywood. I would never say that. Hell, I don't even think I would call him. I would probably call him African American for sure. I wouldn't even call him black. But when I'm discussing blacks as a whole, I would say black. Um. Which is really strange and weird, too, because we are really, and I said that in my last post on Facebook, we're like literally our own worst enemy sometimes. And I, I, it's hard for us to be like, well, no, I want you to call me this or you to call me that. But we don't even know what we call each other. Mm-hmm. But it, it's terrible. Like, it, it really is bad. Like, thinking about it, like, I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I feel like I went to the block with the homies and called them like, what's up, African-Americans? Like, they were like, treating me like, what the hell? Like, who are you talking to? Like. Or if I dare call, you know, one of my black person people that I look up to, like my mentor that lives in Hollywood, an N word, he'll be like, "Oh no, you gotta get out of my house." And don't ever call me again. That's very disrespectful. Mm -hmm. I couldn't call him black either. I wouldn't call him black because I don't know. I'm scared to call black people with money black. I don't know Mm, because they. It's weird, and then like I've been pulled over by police officers as a black, and they treat me so bad. Mm, and right. I don't know. It's well in this in California, huh. and I'll, they're so cool. But they treat me so bad, like, and I'd be like, man, you know, we both black. People like, look, look at me, like, no, we're not. Like, kind of, it's weird. Wow. Or even like my, or when I go to court, the black judge would treat me like, no, we're not the same. And I'm like, but we are the same. Mm. So it, it's it's weird. So just like it's hard for you and anyone else that probably is trying to, what do they call us? I think it's hard for us too. Yeah. I wonder if that's that that seems like a discussion that should be uh, opened up like widely within the black community. Uh, right. Because, yeah, like it, I, I think it it contributes to a lot of like stress and misunderstanding and confusion, even because words are powerful and words are important. And right. And, and you know, it, it's weird because like you're you're touching on a couple of even more. See, this is why I like unpacking this stuff. You're, you're touching on um, class. Uh, because you refer to uh, different people of color to different, depending on their status, 
right. and then also you're you're bringing in a geographical element too because you say people in the city are treat you this way but then people in another state right. treat you this way so not right. only do we have this issue of class or, and wealth there's also a geography in the mix too right yeah it's crazy yeah it's really open. So it's like, it, 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 it's confusion. Like, it's like, we can't even solve our own <laughs> system. And I'm not saying this is why you shouldn't respect Black Lives Matter. <laughs> not at all. Please. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. But it's like saying, like, we can't even figure out our own discombobulated culture. Mm-hmm. But we want the world to figure it out for us. <laughs> and that's my biggest issue. It's like, well, how can I ask you to help me? And I can't even help myself. Like, I don't even know what. Like, I don't feel comfortable calling them N-words no more now that I'm not away from that life. Mm-hmm. And I and I, I would hate, like, my child's mom to call me an N-word because I would feel offended. Like, excuse me? Like, like no, I'm not an N-word. Because an N-word is ignorant, and I'm not ignorant. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not that. I've made it a little bit where I could be called an African-American. Like, mm-hmm. don't call me that. Mm-hmm. It's so weird. I don't know. I, I don't understand it. Wow, that that is interesting too, because like at one point you were okay with it, but now you feel not okay with it because you've you've raised right. your status in society. I feel like I deserve more than that now. Yeah, I guess. So it's interesting because like that that seems to perpetuate uh, a, a kind of, in a sense, a racist system within the black community uh, because you, you yeah. now you're. Oh. You're equating uh, status with whether or not you can be labeled that or not, which is just really right. interesting. Right. And I think it started back in Africa, too, where, you know, they said, um, I don't know if you know this because I mean, I'm, you're not black, um, but uh, black people with straight hair are different than black people with curly hair or uh, the more bigger black person is different than the smaller black person or the lighter black person is different. And it's weird because when I hang around darker skinned African-Americans, they don't seem to treat me as good as when I'm hanging around people that are the same color as me. Hmm. Interesting. And then there's always this thing about the lighter black Americans are always better, uppity. They they deserve to have the money, which is crazy, too, because I don't agree. I mean, it's good that I'm in the middle of both, but <laughs> it just fits my life. But it's just weird how that is like that as well. Yeah. And I think it starts from Africa. Like it starts back from the the beginning of the system. Yeah. And well, and it's also, uh, you know, there's some inherent like colonialism, like backing that up, too, because throughout history, uh, you know, Europeans taken over and always perpetuating this idea that the lighter you are, the more like divine you are or something. Um, You are to be. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, like even in Korea and stuff, all the K-pop stars, they're like bleaching their skin and like even Indian Bollywood stars, like everybody's trying to be lighter. And it's like, that's so to me that that hurts my heart so, so much because like I I just diversity and color is so beautiful, man. Like it's like, yeah. And it's like for 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 a however it happened for it to get ingrained in society that you have to be like light to be beautiful. It, it just, it, it makes me so sad, man. Even with, um, 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 in other cultures, you always see Asian women, uh, uh, married to the white man mm-hmm. or all these races marry the white man because then it's like you made, it. yeah. you, 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 you got the American dream or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's even with that. But, you know, in all the history books, it says the darker usually you are, the smarter you are. 
because you were, you know, born closer to the sun. So, I mean, I like to be equated as dark personally because um, I feel like I'm pretty smart. But, however, you do see everyone trying to, like, get towards being white. Like, And then even a lot of my black friends, they, they literally have told me, oh, I date white women so I can be treated different in society. Really? So it's like everyone is going after, oh, well, let's try to assimilate with being white or being around white or having white friends and all that. Hmm. So, yeah, you're right. you see it a lot. Like, the light is supposed to be the right. And dark is supposed to be just brawl. Wow. Which is back to the weaker thing as well, you know? Yeah. I I just, uh, even as a kid, I don't know, it's, it's so weird. Like, I always, the Black Panther Party, always, like, I always really liked them. And uh, now I've just started digging up some. What's that? They were, they just look cool. Like, oh, I, I know. always, like, that old videos, and I'm like, man, that's so cool. Like, I want to have a team and just, right? you know, like, dude, like, I, and then now I've just been, like, as an adult, like, I started, like, digging into it and, like, yeah, man, like, they're just so fucking cool looking. And then they start the whole, like, the black is beautiful. And then they just, like, embrace their hair and then they're, like, black leather and just, like, fucking cool as shit, man. And it's, like, that's what, like, that's the mentality that needs to start, like, grabbing into the, the uh, communities of color is that your color is beautiful. And then they wore it, like, proud and, then, like, just exuded, mm-hmm. like, fucking beauty and, like, power and strength. And, like, and and that's, like, I, I really I feel like that should possibly be a conversation <laughs> that needs to start being had. It's, like, we need to unpack the reason why everybody's trying to strive towards See, being lighter. The only problem with the Black Lives Matter, I mean, not Black, I'm sorry, with the Black Panther movement is they were very racist as well. That's the thing I didn't like about it. Um, and it was very, 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 like, driven on Black is the dominant. Well, and everyone else is wrong. You know, the, the, it actually, interestingly enough, it uh, it depends on who was leading the Black Panther Party at the moment. That's, because yes, there was, there was yes. a couple different people that was leading. And... Uh, Fred Hampton, there was a point in his where Fred Hampton, this guy, he was bringing all races together. They were building this right. multiracial community. They uh, they had um, these, like, uh, I'm botching the, it was like Brazilian or something, this street gang uh, of Portuguese, or maybe it was the Portuguese. Uh, they were coming to meetings. They also got this redneck group of, like, proud patriot boys. I forget their name, but it was something like proud patriot boys. These white redneck groups were coming to these Black Panther meetings, and they were starting to build a coalition of multiracial. And the FBI right. had taps on the fucking Black Panther Party. And they they fucking, uh, yeah, they, literally in the things they're trying, the, in Reagan or Nixon's, like, notes or playbook or whatever, declassified now, says, like, prevent a black messiah or prevent a messiah figure. They fucking broke into Fred Hampton's uh, um, fucking place, shot him up. And like in the, the there was a lady there. They interviewed her. And uh, there was only they the st- official story was there was a shootout and everything. But actually, the lady that was there, uh, there was only one shot fired off by the Black Panther. And it was because the guy that opened the door dropped his gun and it went off. And they just shot up Fred Hampton, and then like they went in there, and then he was still alive, and then they shot him again until he was dead. And it was this huge like scandal. But it's like boom, you take out the the figurehead that's the, the catalyst to bring everybody together, and then you paint mm-hmm. them as an all racist organization, and then they lose yep. all legitimacy. And same as uh, same as uh, Malcolm X with the uh, the the um, well before he left. Should I say? Yeah. The, uh, um, I can't think of it on my head, but the um, 
the Muslim uh, group he was with. Yeah. Same thing. So the, the problem with it, all those movements back then is that the FBI had their thumb on it, and they 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 forced them into becoming. Uh, more militant and more aggressive and more supportive of black culture. Because think about it, like if if you have a system that is constantly pushing you down and the only people that know your struggle are people like you, then of course you're going to have to team up and you're going to have to like empower your own people. So it's, exactly. it was, the, again, it was the fucking system that forced even the, the most again. racist elements of that. And, and, exactly. and then it literally just straight up politically assassinating these people in their own homes. Like, what the fuck, man? It look like and then making it look like it was within itself. Yeah, and yeah, and it because it's crazy because me growing up, uh, I'm actually gonna do a whole episode on the Black Panthers on my podcast. Uh, I, I grew oh, up and and I thought I thought they were all racist too. I was like I thought it was like all like no whites at all, you know. Yeah. But it's like, dude, it yeah. started as a group of uh, black men that would have guns and they would patrol their neighborhoods. And then if they saw somebody getting pulled over, they would just get out and then watch the interactions of police with the community. That's where it started right. because like there was right. all this police brutality. Even then it was a problem and they actually assumed asserted their rights to own firearms. Cause they're like, Hey, white people are doing it. We're going to do it too. And it was like, you couldn't have concealed carry. So that's why you always see them with the guns like on display. Wow. Yeah. They, right. they took right. them to like the state houses and everything. Yeah. Like they were like, like bad, like dudes. That man, was that was, awesome. Yeah. That's way better than these supposed games you see of the day. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it it was really, and, it was and when cool. I say bad, I want to mean like like bad as in badass, like uh, not bad as but, in like they're uh, yeah, bad. Like, yeah. like cool. Like, yeah, like I'm surprised they haven't did a movie about it, but they probably won't. Well, see, it's it's <laughs> fucking revisionist history, man. This is another issue that we're all trying to struggle out of, like the this perpetuated systems is that they tr they retell how history is. The system doesn't want you to know that the Black Panther Party tried to coalesce a multiracial like thing, and then like when their leaders like Huey uh, Huey, I forget his last name, but he got locked up. There were huge, like, college kids. It looked like today, actually, is there was, like, hippies and white kids. They were all protesting to free Huey, a big multiracial uh, coalition. But do, does anybody know that? Does anybody remember that? No, because, they, like, they've been painted Black Party. Black Panthers were racist against white people. That was their only thing. Don't look into it. Yeah. Yeah, it's sad, man. It's, and they, they do that all the time because they don't want any. And that's any race. That's just the black race is the biggest issue. But if any race did it, they'll find a way to, yeah. to close it down. If an Asian group did it, they will find a way to close it down. Like it's the, the, the main, group as well. Yeah. The main thing they want, because they, they know that race is always the great divider. And they want to constantly mm -hmm. stoke racial division. That's why Trump has no interest in unifying anything right now. He wants it to topple over into a black versus white issue so that there's yeah, literally a race war happening in the streets. Uh, but that's why we have to, that's why I'm doing this is because like, I want to get to the bottom and unpack this as much as I can, because right now we have to, we have to peel back the layers of the race issue to see the real issue. And, and yeah, so we start having these frank conversations about racism and we're not like scared or feel awkward to talk about it. We're, we're not going to find out the real problems of everybody's issues. And I think right, that's by know, design too. Right. Every time I think about race, I always think about uh, the story in the Bible. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the Bible, um, but about uh, there was a tower um, of Babel mm -hmm. and they were trying to, and it was a group of people together who was building this great tower. But the goal was to reach the heavens. Mm -hmm. The funny thing about that is they worked together great and they were building fast. But as soon as God noticed that, he literally changed everyone's language. I think that's when language changed, yeah. honestly everyone's language not to communicate 
Yep. And as soon as it was no communication, that's when it failed. So I feel like we need to figure out how we can communicate. And I feel like, and mainly my main posts and topics on Facebook is if we can't communicate as a black community first, how do we expect to communicate with the masses? Mm-hmm. Like no one can even understand what I'm saying. It's just, you're wrong. Like, oh, I'm stupid. Like, like, and I'm like, that's not how you solve an issue. We try to come to a common ground. Of course, we don't agree on anything because the society was built for us not to. And there's different ideologies, but if there's always a main end goal, there's a way to get there. Like the Avengers, they all had their own beliefs. They all had their own issues, their own systems, their own problems, their own fights. But at the end of the day, the common end goal was to stop the world from being destroyed by Thanos. Yep. Um, so they found a way to make it work. They came about it really weird, wrong. Some people were wrong, some people were right. I mean, hell, Iron Man didn't like Captain America. I'm, I love how I'm using this, but <laughs> no, it's okay. it, it, was a, it was a huge fight, struggle. But at the end of the day, after the Civil War, I mean, nothing's ever solved without conflict. But after the war, they came to one common kind of goal. Okay, look, I don't like you. You don't like me. Cool. You killed my friend. You killed my dad. Got it. Dope. But this dude right here needs to be stopped. I'm not saying that Thanos is Trump. I'm just saying there is a system that needs to be cut down. And the only way we can cut it down is if we find a way to find common communication yeah. or understand that we all have different struggles, but there's always one main fight. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think we're, yeah. we're starting to see that. And I think you and I, hope I so, man. what's that? I hope so. So bad. I do. I pray every day. Hey, you know, whatever, the, whatever world's <laughs> event has happened right now, it's led us to me and you having this conversation right now, which I feel is like a very powerful conversation of one of communication and understanding and respect. That's true. So, you know, and we wouldn't be having this conversation if people weren't out in the streets right now. That's true. Yeah. So and I'll probably be right now, personally. What's that? <laughs> Because <laughs> I would probably be a target, but I'm scared to <laughs> <laughs> So maybe, yeah. maybe that's because I'm trying to like, how can we solve this problem? So right now, I, I'm on a mission to start the hashtag Learn Black History movement because like it's it's not necessarily even like taking a political stance or anything. It's just like, hey, learn this story to even understand how we're at this point for oh. one, because um, oh. I think that is going to help people. Open, that opens up the door to understanding because we're going to have to, we can't just be talking at each other. We're going to have to listen. We're going to have to hear each other too. So right. honestly, I feel like uh, even, even the black community, if you haven't learned black history, like I feel like it's incredibly important for everybody to learn black history right now. Um, right. And right. so that's what I'm trying to get started. But like, maybe, maybe that's where we need to focus is communication. Like maybe you as uh, in your community, you can start working towards like, all right, guys, like how can we better communicate and, and get that conversation going? Because once we galvanize, like people are in the streets right now, keeping everybody paying attention, people like us that aren't out there, we can be working on the back end to help direct the conversation right like you know build a structure that supports it to go take it straight up to the top there you go build that fucking tower of babel man like, go to heaven man <laughs> yeah maybe that's like that's a actually a really appropriate metaphor i guess like like let's how do we start communicating so that we can all build the tower together right communication is key Hashtag. Yeah, there you go. That, that communication is key. Let's do it. Like I'll I'll add it to the list. I've got uh, hashtag learn black history. Hashtag I'm listening for like especially for white people. Like if you want to yeah, like, understand what's going on, like listen. 
Like, like I'm talking to you. I'm listening to what you have to say, you know, and, and that's helping me form better form. Like you have an opinion that's different than most of my previous guests. And I love that because now I get a different aspect of perspective because the more perspectives you listen to, the more you can look at the full scope of what's happening. Right. Just like all doctrines aren't all going to be correct, but they all have similarities in them that we can all use to form one. Yep. And that's I, I someone who reads the Torah. Oh, no, that's wrong. <laughs> no, this, this is just a different way of viewing things. There is no right or wrong. There is just one common goal yep. that we need to get to. Yeah. And that's so, that's why it's interesting. Hey, if you, I love go ahead. listening. I, I'm so glad that the majority is listening. I just wish more of the minorities would listen. Mm-hmm. That's what I that's what I would well, and I th- that's every minority. Yeah. Well, I think it's, uh, it's again, just with like white people. I think every race right now is doing, uh, is forced to do some introspection. Um, because right. like it seems so chaotic for a second. And then finally people are like, why the fuck are things, why, what is happening right now? You know? So then they start thinking like, what are my views and why do I have my views and where did they come from? And you start tracing that back. Right. And then we start seeing like, oh, this is where I got that view from, but that's not correct, and this and that. And that's why I think it's really important that we study the civil rights movement and like like Malcolm X and Martin Luther King, they had two very different approaches. Same common goal, but two very different approaches. And that's why I like uh, learning about James Baldwin. He was the writer, he was kind of in the middle. He was around at the same time. So he looked at Martin Luther King and he looked at Malcolm X and he sort of, his, his spin is like comparing the two because he's like, yeah, shit is fucked up. I don't have any answers. And I don't know if he's right. I don't know if he's right, but I know there's a problem, you know. And and if we start learning from the past, then we can know where to move forward in the future. Yep. And that way, next time it happens, we, we we're good. We're ready. Yeah. We're done. Yeah, dude. Once we like smash this like fucked up communications and like all this internalized programming, like we're gonna be a society that like this shit won't happen to again because as soon as it happens, we'll be like, nope, that's not okay. And we'll know exactly why that's not okay. Exactly. And know exactly what to attack. Yep. Or not attack as a militia. Right. But yeah. <laughs> so, man, this is uh, this has been a very uh, enlightening conversation. Like, I, I thank you. Yeah, man, likewise. Likewise. It's uh, been definitely a pleasure. Yeah, I feel like the more we talk, the more I talk and to people and the more, the more I see, it's just a matter of where we got to focus our intent. You know, but we're also losers, so I don't. Uh, <laughs> hey, you know, it's we have an important <laughs> dude. We all we all have a role to play, man. And us Libras, like it's funny because like I, I came up with the name Sig Neutron a long time ago, and I didn't really even realize that the function of a neutron is to hold together positive and negative particles. Oh, yeah. yeah. So so people oh. like you and I, we we have to stay in the middle, and we got to bring both exactly. sides together to like coalesce exactly. this. Oh, that's yeah. our role, exactly. Yep. And I'm down. <laughs> yeah, me too, man. Judges are Libras. Really? Why? Interesting. Yeah. It's very fitting that that balance, you know. And I've always been that. I've always been in the middle of every issue, and I've always looked at both sides because it, when you're in the middle, that's where the truth lies. Exactly. Exactly. That's the third side. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's interesting because I, I heard you talk about like the Bible and the Torah and stuff. Are you spiritual? Uh, yeah, I'm very spiritual. Um, I grew up. Uh, I grew. Up, I was actually born. Um, I was born Catholic. Hmm. No, that doesn't make sense. You can't be born Catholic. But I mean, I was brought up Catholic, mm-hmm. baptized Catholic as a baby. 
And then um, I moved more into the Christian non-denomination. Mm-hmm. But then as I get older, I'm just realizing that some a lot of Christianity, just reading um, in history books, were built to build building the black community down. Mm-hmm. So they use Christianity to keep us. So I was like, well, that's the case. I don't want to be like the typical black person. So I decided to read a bunch of stuff. And I've literally been like, my spirituality is I believe there is a calling. I'm not going to sit here and call them you know, Allah or God, but I do feel like whoever he is, he's there. I do believe in that, but I believe there is just different outlooks on who he is and how it's described. Yeah. And it could be a girl, a really, really beautiful woman, which would be nice for me. But regardless, <laughs> <laughs> um, regardless of that, but I, I just feel like there's different uh, doctors and teachers that I don't think nothing's wrong. Yeah. But I don't think it's right. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. The, the, with irreverentism, the philosophy that I've been coming up with uh, is that it's all religions are a different piece of the puzzle. And and it's right. all one. That. You really? That all the... Oh, my God. Yes. You must be an irreverentist, too, and you didn't even know it. <laughs> it was crazy. It, and it just so happens that like when one story leaves off, the other one picks up. Absolutely. So it is. Yep. And so here, here's a crazy thing that's happened is that so last year, when I had this crazy spiritual awakening, uh, Rani, she started channeling that we were in New Orleans, and she started channeling these messages, and it was like spirit, she had, oh, we'll wait till it pops back up. There it goes. So uh, she started channeling these messages from spirits. They, they guided us around New Orleans. She had, uh, like, knowledge of the city that she had never had. So we're like, okay, something is actually, like, this seems legit. Comes back, mm-hmm. and then uh, we listen to the guidance of these spirits. They teach us how to... Um, they teach us how to like energetically clean the house. Are you still there? Uh, yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay. Um, but then, then she starts um, being contacted by these deities, and they, they, we got th- these books on like Ifa and uh, Yoruba land and all these African deities. And I don't know, wow. I don't know why. Um, she started. We started working with these African deities, um, and I actually have like altars and stuff to different African deities. And they taught us through that is that because I think uh, if you look at world history, like Africa, like you trace it all back. And that's I think African deities are the closest in modern the, the modern history that we can remember that gets closest back to like the source of like actually what's going on. So I believe that mm-hmm. like the God that everybody thinks is God is this one. It's like the container of everything. It's like imagine that we're in the great mind of this being. And, you know, because you can, like, imagine stories and stuff in your head. We're, like, in there. But then there are manifestations of this source energy that uh, sort of grow out. And they become, like, deities like uh, like Zeus or, um, you know, Hades or something. They, they all serve these different purposes. Mm. And so, but basically, throughout the world, any deities that have ever been labeled as deities... They, they run similar. There's all these similarities. So there's like uh, in Ifa, there's Shango. He's the god of lightning. Uh, and then so then you, from there you have Zeus, who is also the god of lightning. Uh, and then you right. start seeing, and then you have like, um, then you have like Thor and uh, Odin and stuff. Like they're associated with lightning. So it's like, it's all of these same energies that have just been labeled different things in different parts of the world. Yeah. And, and it's like I still I'm trying to I'm slowly learning, but it's it's interesting that they taught us w- with African deities um, and a really like 
touched base with that. And it's like, I I've developed these relationships with these deities and it's like indescribable of like, just like how powerful it is. Um, and and there's, there's always a plan, uh, afoot. And I, I, like once I started getting, um, spiritual, there was all these synchronicities that happened. Like I work heavily with Papa Legba. He's like the, the, he's the God of communication, um, and synchronicities and so it's like what they've told us is like the names isn't necessarily important. I call it the interface of God. Like they needed they needed some kind of name or something so that we could refer to them as so that we could actually interact with them because they have right. like limited ways to contact us. So they taught us the story of the deities. So now we have a context in which to pull from and how to operate and work with these deities. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it's that's really yeah, dude, uh, do you, um, you should, so Ranny does bone re- divinations for people. You should get a reading with Ranny if you want. Yeah, send me, or the info. Yeah, we'll talk about it after, uh, here, and we'll, okay, we'll yeah. lay it out. But that's it's, cool, though. Yeah, it's. That's amazing. It, and, and that's what I, th- like, with this, I think, here's the thing is that, that's what, that was my whole roundabout point to get to, is that colonialism robbed people of their magic. Just like you said with Christianity. Christianity, like I believe that Jesus was a guy that, I believe that anybody could have the powers that Jesus did. And he was trying to teach people because he went to Tibet. Like a lot of people don't know this. He studied meditation and all these things. And then he came back. He was trying to show people that this is what's possible. You can ascend, like you can, and then, and then the Romans and shit, they're like, whoa, we can't have fucking people being like Jesus is all over the place. We can't control people like that. Right. So bring them down. Yeah, so they they took him down. Then they rewrote the history to where they made it this monotheistic religion where you're born into sin, you're born fucked up, and you must spend your entire life p- paying penance just for even being born. Like, of course, you can control yeah. people like that if you tell them the entire reason they exist is because they they're born in sin. Yeah. So and it's and you look at um, like the hoodoo, like voodoo traditions and stuff, tracing that back to Ifa and stuff. The, the deities, they are very active and like in the um, elemental and they all have their light and dark sides. And it, it's all this right. like complicated thing. It's not just like this guy with a beard in the sky. You know, it's like there's a whole system in place here. Yeah. What's that? <laughs> it's not just Morgan Freeman or something. Yeah. And, and it's like. Which would be kind of cool though because Morgan Freeman. Yeah. Right. I but, mean, Morgan Freeman is pretty badass. <laughs> Um, but I, I think that's with this move. That's what I'm trying to do with the reverentism. And also with this is like, I'm trying to bring people back to spirituality because mankind has basically wrecked spirituality in the name of mankind and greed and, and control. And that's I, true. I think if we can all reconnect with our magic, I think that is going to push this revolution into an even further stage of self-empowerment. Because I believe that we can actually heal ourselves. I believe that uh, we have all of these power, like telepathy. I, I believe it's all possible. We've just been like forced to believe it's not. Because like I always use the, back, the analogy of a backflip. If I didn't see someone do a backflip, I would think backflips are impossible. Because I can't do right. a backflip. Yeah. I mean, yeah, ultimately, yeah. So Especially now, just doing it all standing still. Yeah. So now that I've seen somebody do that, I'm like, oh, shit, I could train and do a backflip. I can't just walk out in the yard and do a, immediately do a backflip. But right. it, but right. it's like, you know, like telepathy, like I I can't – it's it's all like mental exercise. you got to work just as hard, and it's a process. Like I can't just know that it exists. And But the fact that nobody believes it's possible, nobody even practices to try this. 
Like it never takes a chance. Of it. Yeah. So I actually even like, oh, go ahead. man like man like slam dunking like that's not like it's an e- easy task. You know like what is that? Like come on. Yeah. So yeah. so it's, uh, what I'm trying to do is like I'm trying to be the crazy guy that says like guys these things are possible. Um, and like I've se- I, like I've seen enough as I am progressing through my own spiritual journey to know that things are possible. Um, and I'm trying to get people to believe again. Because once we rekindle our magic, we are going to be a self-sufficient, amazing, beautiful, connected society of progress and equality. Right. Right. I agree. Yeah. That's my spiel on spirituality. But, <laughs> but see, that's cool, though, that you're, you're, digging the, you're digging up the same thing, too. It's like you, you see that there is a, it's all connected. It is, man. It is. I just, I don't like anything putting me down. I guess that's what it is. Yeah. And that's, I, I'm, I'm of that energy too. I think we're all made of archetypal energies and, and it's interestingly enough, it's a very Luciferian archetype is to be the rebel, to be, uh, like pride isn't essentially, um, inherently bad. There's a shadow side to pride, you know, too, too much pride is a bad thing, but like a belief in yourself and a self-empowerment and like, there's nothing wrong with that. We should all have that actually, right. you know, totally, I totally agree. So dude, well, yeah, I, I, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> anything else you'd like to add here at the end or I don't know. Man. It's, it's been a pleasure, man. I mean, it was great talking to you again. I love it, man. I, I just feel like, yeah, if we can have discussions like this, I feel like anyone can. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and I mean, we're from a different class. We're from a different race. We're different standpoints, kind of. Mm-hmm. But we always had the, we had the same goal. Yeah. So if we could do it, I don't see why there's a reason why no one else or everyone else could do it. Absolutely. So I encourage anybody <laughs> listening. What's that? We just have to hear everyone else. Yeah. Everyone out. That's what I'm saying. And then that's it. I won't say nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. Uh, so anybody listening, yeah. Uh, start having conversations like these. Um, even if you're not able to yet, uh, share this Share this episode. Uh, let people hear the way that we're communicating, and then it, that can help you build a framework on how you can communicate with uh, other people as well. Because again, man, it is, we're just not hearing each other. That's what it is, man. Exactly. So, dude, well. What's that? Hashtag hear each other. There you go. Hashtag hear each other. <laughs> Jarrell, thank you so much for joining me, man. This has been an absolute pre- pleasure. Thanks for having me, man. Thank you so much. Stay safe, man. You Stay too. safe. Uh, so, uh, oh, here's the thing. Where can people find you online? Uh, because we didn't even get to talk about that. You you rap, you direct, produce. You do all kinds of things. You act. Oh, man. Um, I do a lot. Um, I've been focusing on helping people get in homes lately. But uh, my usual lifestyle, you can find everything on Pyro26. Um, you can Google me, Jarrell Pyro Johnson. Um, that'll really tell you everything. But Pyro26 is literally on everything. Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Can, uh, can you spell on that? On SoundCloud. Uh, Pyro, P-Y-R-O, the number two, S-I-C-K. Um, and then on Spotify, mm-hmm. iTunes, Apple, all my music is under Jarrell Pyro Johnson, J-A-R-R-E-L-L space p-y-r-o space (laughs) j-o-h-n-s-o-n right on and i will have uh anybody that's listening to the podcast i'll put all the notes in the uh little thing all the clickable links so you can find them right on man well thanks a lot man thanks for having me yeah
I want to hear this. Can you share this to me? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'll send you a link as soon as it's up. <laughs> All right, cool. Right on. So my apologies, I, like editing the episode and looking back, I don't know, man, OBS does some weird thing when it's recording and it's like, blah, and it just like, it gets this weird, strange, uh, jumbly audio there sprinkled around. So sorry, I did my best to kind of like balance it out. But uh, so now, as promised, here is Get Away by Jarrell Pyro Johnson. And that's going to play us out. Oh, first, wait, before, uh, if you want to be a guest on my show, uh, if you're a person of color and you want to come on and share your story and help me unpack this issue of race and racism, just email me, signeutron at gmail.com. Also, if you're uh, a person of color and you make music, um, I'm looking for that too. Anything like... Um, yeah, just and, and then also like any artist that makes any music that's just uplifting involved mainly of like, um, you know, the revolution of, of people and, and a better world for all that kind of stuff. Uh, I'd like to keep including it in the podcast. So here we go. Uh, here is Get Away by Pyro. Yeah, yeah. Sounds so lovely, don't you agree? Say you wanna get away Doesn't matter the time or the place What kind of escape I got too many versions of this verse to slay And I might be on the bird This upcoming mate I mean, every day I dream to be as free as some weight And I wish I could leave But I have a son to raise So if we get in the way All I need is a way To just lead this race At least for the day I forward the cause And the laws to save So all I got is my boss My time and place Give me that bottle or that weed that's lace and let's kick back and even maybe fornicate i'm on this californication with so much form to made it she be lucky that she made it i'm lucky that i make it betty crocker pies yeah i had to relate it i'm on some new shit i'm sorry for the flagrant imagination tainted imagine me being the greatest imagine what could happen to the fucking fakest i'm sick of this shit don't judge me with anxious just judge me on patience my judge time is sacred yeah Say you wanna get away We don't need a plane Could be all we say Take it to a place Where there's no time to Gotta get away, escape rope. Real as mentions of names that'll never be spoke. Real as the trenches, all the slaves on the boats. Taught by my folks, never to boast. Unless I be ready to choke, man, I be ready to go. Started back when a nigga used to stack them totes. I've been struggling, but what's a struggle with nowhere to go? When no shares to flow, it's like an empty road. Have you ever worked so hard and had nothing to show? It's like being stuck on a shelf with no room or growth. I'm like a bad actor with no mentions of rose but let me mention it's real it's all reality bro so yes i want to get away why not gotta escape these fake flies on the fly swat all that's in life is the whys and the why not so you ask me do i want to get away nigga why not say you want to get away 